Welcome to Below the 49th, the perspective on my neighbor to the south, Below the 49th. I'm Michael A. Charbon. Today's title, Do You Miss Me Yet? You know, if you watch cable news and political reports the last weekend in February, you had to have noticed that there was a gathering of political fans in Florida. One cable news organization categorized these fans as tinfoil hat people. A derogatory reference to those celebrating a birthday at a restaurant, you know, wearing those impromptu, embarrassing tinfoil dunce caps? Really. A, a liberal perspective. Speaking of a liberal perspective, in this missive, I will not state specific political parties or politician names. My commentary has been labeled subversive and potentially able to change public opinion. Yeah, I wish. It, it, just, just for the record, uh, I have enough problems trying to change my spouse's opinion, never mind Mer America, goodness. But anyways, if I wish to promote the commentary to my neighbors below the 49th, I must filter my words so as not to alert the thought police. To date, they've denied promotions of multiple pieces to America and Canadian Facebook viewers. Imagine, guys, I live in Canada, posted a public website, and then arbitrarily am censored and silenced. Eh, but there's nothing wrong here, comrades. Big tech is protecting your sensitive and impressionable ears. Do you feel better yet? Freedom of speech is alive for some, and for others, not so much. Anyways, back to my topic line. Do you miss me yet? That was the first line stated by the marquee speaker in Florida, who spoke for one and a half hours. His first speech after his political loss. His message pointed to immigration, gender, green cancellation, and a raft of 47 executive actions that eliminated much of what the last four years had accomplished. In his view, it wasn't build back better. It was bungle, break, and go backwards. You know, the red team proudly stated that he had a 97% approval rating. Well, that's like asking a gathering of vegans if eating meat is bad. Ridiculous. The fact was, all those in attendance were predisposed to be all in. So the number is not realistically, and it's not the state of the party nationally. There continues to be support of him with reserved adulation. The real support is about policy and America first, and less about the man and his personal past indiscretions. I continually hear many like the achievements, but have difficulty with the way it was implemented and the lack of the respect and decorum. Yeah. So his silence since his loss continues to lessen his sting, while those currently holding elected seats, well, they speak to the successes of the policies past, but not really the man. I think that's really the alchemy of the politics for the Red Party moving forward. Right now, it serves no purpose to challenge the still loyal fanatic followers, the fans, you know. They will have lots to complain about as the new administration fundamentally moves in an opposite direction to their beliefs. The left, who immediately dismisses the man and his spotty personal traits, cannot dismiss the 74 million who still voted for the policies. One cable news network put multiple, for, for, you know, these four-person multi-boxes and these panels up and they're discussing the ramifications of a divided red party moving forward. It was at nauseum, but it was all speculation and truly manufactured BS. Anything new with that? <clears throat> really. The fact is, the speaker bluntly came out of the gate saying that he will not start his own party. Do you think? 
Many are quick to state, although gains were made in the last election overall, in the end, it was a loss of power on all three levels. And many attribute some of that to fatigue of rhetoric, bullying, mudslinging, and really no respect for the office. I hear some of you yelling at the monitor about the legitimacy of the result. You know what I'm talking about. Well, that horse has left the barn. It's done, let's move on. There's more stuff to be taken care of than regurgitating that. What needs to be focused on now is HR1, which will have fundamental effects on the process moving forward. So I'll address the effects of HR1 in a following below the 49. I won't believe that point now. So it begs the question, do party members miss him yet? And will that dog hunt again? Well, currently he is 74 years old and in 2024 will be 78. Although his agenda and many of his policies are still in great favor amongst the party faithful, the realistic impact of four years of a more presidential administration will vividly remind Americans of what the office really means and the respectful way in which a leader speaks and leads America. Huge contrast there. So as far as a 2024 run, I believe his policies will survive, but the man himself has too much baggage and frankly, a very long negative video clip montage. I, I don't even want to see that. If I was to place a bet in Vegas, I put Florida's governor top of the list and second is a potential running mate, the South Dakota governor. So here's why. These are faces and kind voices that are appealing. They've got no baggage but more importantly have achieved great results during the pandemic leading their states. Florida enacted election reform and showed the country it can be done correctly. Businesses are open, kids are in schools, and the number of fatalities and infection rates are relatively similar to those in other states and declining, and people are moving to Florida in record numbers, evacuating New York and California. This really is in stark contrast to California, who is basically bankrupt, businesses have been closed for a year, kids at home, while they battled teachers, unions, and a mass exodus from the state. And while all this is going on, there's a million and a half signatures accumulating and moving up to oust the current governor. Lots of turmoil there. South Dakota, on the other hand, just like Florida, has exhibited how great leadership has positioned the state in a very favorable position. Businesses are open, the kids are in school, and compassion and calm demeanors spoken from a mom resonates to America's. These voices and faces speak to suburban women, African-Americans, Hispanics, and moderates. Listen to this. Who will be the groups who will vote in 2022 and 24 for a new direction? As America starts to feel the poignant effects of the divisive nature of the woke change culture being implemented, the real issues are pressure on the border, citizenship, HR1, gender changes, Planned Parenthood, blatant bailouts, higher taxes, political pork, and the unsavory job and business results of a post-pandemic. Grave, grave topics. So these are the key messages, I feel, that need amplification. It can't be about him. The key is to amplify the discontent of current policies, question the direction of where America is going and what it may become. Challenge the fundamental bad taste of the forced change that is looming by the left. A fresh party frontline approach featuring speakers who don't yell, 
but deliver a compositive path forward is what is needed to give comfort to those fearing for America's future. I mean, there remains the danger, though, of the man and the microphone. You know, where his potential vitriolic words will be amplified and regurgitated by the media mob. I mean, a media mob whose retort will undoubtedly be, oh, it's all lies, or, oh, here we are descending again in the red abyss of the bullying and the disrespect. I mean, it is a reality. There's no need for distraction or dilution of the key messages. The red team must focus on challenging radical policies and be true to their roots. There can be no whisper of, not him again, or, I endorse the policies, but I just can't stand the guy. The current administration needs to be given enough rope to tie a political knot that effectively cannot be undone. Then with calculated words and a clean new face, deliver the message of policies of the past that worked, but not evoking the word of him. So full circle back to my question, do you miss me yet? Well, yeah, kind of, because the mess at times was interesting to watch and Twitter was really boring now. But in the end, the results, they weren't so good. So, probably no. Play golf, raise money, continue to occasionally poke at the opposition, but remain on the tee and bask in what you accomplished policy-wise and let the policy, uh, let the policy stand and the party heal and we're going to move on. Finally, please click and share. And if you do, kindly subscribe. If you leave a comment, I try to answer everyone. I thank you for those considerations. And until next time, God bless and stay safe. I'm Michael A. Charbon for Below the 49.